0: Hello and welcome back to The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind by William Kamkwamba and Brian Mealer. We're on the last chapter, chapter 15, Meeting Ted and Tom. After arriving in Arusha, I boarded a bus to Ngordoto Mountain Lodge where the conference was being held. As the bus exited the airport, I gazed out the window to see if Tanzania looked any different from Lowy, but what I saw was very similar. The highway was filled with minibuses crammed with people. A giant lorry belched smoke and swerved to miss an old man on a bicycle. There were children in rags hawking cigarettes on the roadside while students in bright uniforms marched through the dust to school. I saw village women balancing loads of vegetables on their heads and farmers tending their fields. But unlike Malawi, Arusha had trees. And not only that, after some minutes, the shuttle driver pointed off in the distance and said, look there, Kilimanjaro the biggest mountain in Africa. Mount Kilimanjaro appeared even more grand and majestic than I'd seen in books. With ribbons of white snow along its peaks and cloaked in thin layers of clouds, it was hard to imagine that ordinary people like myself actually climbed to the top, but I knew they did. In my head, I began making a list of all the other places in the world I wanted to see. That mountain filled me with great confidence, but it all seemed to vanish once I reached the hotel. The lobby was a scene of chaos and confusion filled with white people speaking English and Africans with strange and foreign accents. Everyone was chatting on their mobile phones and talking in loud, booming voices. I prayed that no one would speak to me, and after registering, at the welcome center i walked to the corner of the room and tried to disappear no such luck after some minutes a man walked up and stuck out his hand his red he had red hair and wore purple and green eyeglasses hello welcome to ted he said my name is tom who are you i'd practiced only one line of english so i let it fly I'm William Kamkwamba and I'm from Malawi. He stared at me strangely. Maybe I had said it in Chichewa. Wait a minute. He said, you're the guy with the windmill. Tom Riley was in charge of organizing all the corporate sponsors at Ted, including the ones who'd paid for my airfare and hotel. Months earlier in New York, Mecca, the Nigerian blogger, had told Tom about my windmill, saying you'll never believe this story. But Tom didn't know that Emeka had then searched under every rock in Malawi to find me. After a while, Tom asked if I wanted to tell my story on stage in front of all of these people. I shrugged. Why not? Do you have a computer, he asked. I shook my head. Do you have any photos of the windmill? I did have these. A friend, Dr. Machizmi, had visited Medici a few weeks earlier and helped helped me prepare a presentation in case I needed it. He'd done this on his laptop. Though at the time, I had no idea this was a computer. To me, computers were big like televisions and plugged into a wall. Before the man left, he handed me a strange cube, a flash drive, attached to a rope and said, wear this around your neck. This is your presentation. So when Tom asked about my photos, I handed him the cube. He then plugged it into another laptop and said, I'll just copy these onto my computer. It was then I realized what a laptop was. Of course, I thought it's a portable computer. What a good idea. Sensing my delight at this discovery, Tom asked me, William, have you ever seen the internet? The what? No, I said. In a quiet conference room, Tom sat me down and introduced me to this most amazing tool. This is Google, he said. You can find answers to anything. What do you want to search for? That was easy, windmill. In one second, he pulled up five million page results, pictures and models of windmills I had never imagined. My God, I thought, where was this Google when I needed it? Next, we pulled up a map of Malawi, then a photo of Wimby itself taken from a camera in outer space. It's funny to me now at this conference in East Africa with some of the world's greatest innovators of science and technology just outside the door, there I was in this room seeing the internet for the first time. Tom helped me set up my own email account and for the next week he introduced me to a range of technology, smartphones, video and 35 millimeter cameras, cameras, even an iPod Nano, which I had turned over and over in my hand before finally asking, where is the battery? Not long after, I had, I'd be hacking into iPods and iPhones and repairing them for people. But the most amazing thing about Ted wasn't the internet, the gadgets, or even the breakfast buffets with three kinds of meat, plus eggs and pastries and fruit that I dreamt about each night. It was the other Africans who stood on stage and shared their visions of how to make our continent a better place. There was Cornel Iwango, a biologist from Congo, who had risked his life to save endangered endangered animals during the country's civil war. He'd even buried his Land Rover engines and stashed lab equipment in the trees to hide them from the rebels a man from Ethiopia invented a kind of refrigerator that works from using water evaporation from sand. Others were doctors and scientists using creative ideas and methods to fight AIDS, malaria, and tuberculosis. Even Eric Herzman was there, one of the first people along with Mike McKay to write about my windmill on his blog, Afragadget. Eric was raised in Kenya and Sudan as the son of missionaries. What he said summed up our crowd perfectly. Where the world sees trash, Africa recycles. Where the world sees junk, Africa sees rebirth.